Welcome to episode one of our first ever adventure through the Star Wars universe. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And I know nothing about Star Wars, but that's all about to change. Today we start where it all began with episode four, A New Hope. Joining me today is TikTok sensation, Justin Jordan. <laughs> Welcome, Justin. No, okay, first that I am not that sensational. You are way too kind to me. Number two, I no, thank you for inviting me. I remember when you like when you first had the kernel of the uh, wait, do you remember the episode of That's What I Talk talking about? I was like, oh, uh, do you know what you're going to do after this? And you're like, ah, I'll tell you, but we'll cut it out. And now <laughs> we're doing it. Do I know. This? Do you remember? I, was like, I oh don't remember gosh. the specific episode because I think I've always known. I mean, not always, but like I would say pretty f- like a, a good amount into that's what I'm talking about when I was like, okay, eventually I'm going to run out of Tolkien stuff. The thing is, is that I ha- I actually have not yet run out of Tolkien stuff to cover. What? I just don't want to cover it anymore because it, it's just reading boring, dense, like history books now at this point about yeah. Middle Earth. And yeah. I... I, 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 my brain can't take it anymore. It needed something else. And so I, I think logically, I always knew that the next step would be Star Wars because this is a huge mm. franchise, a huge, much bigger than Lord of the Rings, like pop culture wise, that like oh I've God. never experienced or know anything about. So it just seems definitely like the next like natural step to take. You know, it's funny that you say that because like, I feel as though, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I feel as though you're going to, we're going to see some reoccurring themes in your journey in Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) See, that's the thing is that um, Tolkien, what Tolkien did was so foundational for just the general Mm -hmm. world of like fiction. I've heard a lot of people describe Star Wars not necessarily as sci-fi, but it's more like fantasy set in space. So it's a fantasy genre. It is coming out after the Lord of the Rings books have been written around this time uh, in the United States. Lord of the Rings, the books were becoming very popular. I mean, and I'm sure I'll find this out, you know, eventually at some point, but I'm sure George Lucas read Lord of the Rings at some point, because what else were nerdy little boys in the 70s doing, you know? Uh, Okay, when I talk, I guess we're into the pod right now, but when it comes to influences on Star Wars, you're never going to run out of them, you know what I mean? Because when it comes to, like, Japanese culture, when it comes to, like, foundational hero's journey, like... It's all in Star Wars. And specifically when I the the car thing, you know, I think what is the beauty about Star Wars is that I hope that you don't let the haters get to you. I really hope so. I hope Oh no. See, I'm here to uh <laughs> piss everyone off and I don't care. Like no, I'm I'm just doing my thing, you know? It's like Star Wars is so What's the word I'm looking for? It's so baked into American culture. Yeah. We have so many interpretations of it. You know, like, it's not like it's the Bible. And it's not like it's as... F- I think there's, like, there's enough time in Lord of the Rings. Or there's enough time in works like The Great Gatsby for where you can, like, reinterpret it. Like, remix it. Like, have new readings of it. But with Star Wars, it's still 
kind of new. It's still like on. It's constantly ongoing because they kept yes. the. They keep beating this horse. You know, I'll tell you that <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah, I get. Wait, I have a question for you, May. Can I ask a yeah. question? Is that yes. okay? Is, yes. I know this is your podcast. <laughs> you can ask but... me questions. <laughs> like, I want to know what is your preconceived notions of this franchise. Like in the year great, of our Lord 2023. Great question. What's what's the mindset going in, you know? So my expe- like my expectations, I guess, going into it, I, I truly had no notion of what Star Wars was. Mm. It, because I, like with Lord of the Rings, I knew vaguely it was about an evil ring getting destroyed. I, I definitely like recognize a lot of the imagery from Star Wars, a lot of the music and the score. Um, I, of course, know that, spoiler alert, Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> oh, that's not a spoiler at this point. <laughs> but, like, with Star Wars, truly no, nothing to even have a foundation on. I was like, it's, it, the, Darth Vader is a bad guy in space, mm. and I'm assuming these characters that I've heard of, Leia, Luke... Uh, Han Solo, Chewbacca. I was like, I'm pretty sure these guys are the good guys and they're fighting against Darth Vader and it's in space. And that was like all the context I have. No comment. Who knows? Oh man, if Chewie <laughs> turns out to be a bad guy, I'm going to be really sad. Well, in this book, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Justin, I'll, sp- I'll turn it around on you. What was your first introduction to Star Ooh. Wars? Okay, this might be controversial, right? Because I am a millennial. I experienced the Star Wars prequels as, or as the Star Wars chronologically. Truly chronologically. And like, I'm, I know that's like not a like normal thing to do, but I was just a child. Yeah, Star you were Wars a child. Pre- what yeah. else are you going to do? It's like, I ha- I would have people and that's what I'm talking about. And I asked them this question and they say like, well, you know, I watched the movies first and then I read the books. And I'm like, yeah, because you were eight when the movies came out and you're not going to read Lord of the Rings as an eight year old. You know, like, of course, you're going to watch the flashy new space movie that comes out that all your friends are going to go see. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I saw the prequels, I thought, oh, these characters are these characters. This is that. I was wrong. Eventually, I don't want to spoil. I know. I love how vague you're having to be, because obviously uh, for the (laughs) listeners um, and also a reminder for Justin, but I think he's going to be good about it. um, I have only seen A New Hope right now so these first few episodes um are purely about a new hope and then after i finish recording this first batch then i'll watch whatever the next one's called that i've already forgotten (laughs) should i should i tell you or no i know what it is i think it's um it's um empire uh strikes back that's it that's a big one yeah it's a big one yeah no comment no comment Did I at least get the name right? Who knows? See, I'm not the spoiler. Stop trying to cheat, Mary. So did you so your, you know, little eight-year-old, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old self, um, were you like mesmerized and blown away by these movies? Were you like, oh, those were okay? And then like your dad was like, hey, guess what? If you like those even a little bit, there are these other movies. Here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast right now, here's a big reveal. I'm black. (laughs) And like, I know it, right? But here's the thing. It's like black people like Star Wars, but 
it's not for as a culture as a culture we like star wars you know we like darth vader we like luke and stuff like that so like my i loved going to the movies and so me and my cousins we all went to go see the first unnamed star wars prequel that i will not say <laughs> on this podcast to help Mary Clay out. i think i know i think i know all the names i don't i don't think but, i could recite but, it to but, you but, 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 okay but, you're keeping it to yourself i respect it, it i respect myself. it mesmerized we were in love are you kidding me and then this is also the time of the big toy boom that also came with it Mm. you know george lucas always had those toy rights that's not a spoiler i was yeah i was literally just reading um (laughs) trivia about that in particular that like he could have something about he decided to take a lesser salary originally so that he Mm. would retain full rights for the toys and what an amazing insight he had because everyone at the time was like this idiot billions of dollars the toys were so popular that you had to just buy the box and hope that they sent you it that's how popular they were like are you kidding me like it's 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 almost like dumb in hindsight that you wouldn't take those rights but anyway i think i mean going back to my experience i experienced them chronologically i i don't have the hate for the prequels like a lot of people do as an adult, I understand the flaws in them. I, sure. I, I can clearly see them, but it's, I don't know. I will always have a special place yeah. in my heart for that time period. And like, I don't know, for history spoiler, people don't love every single Star Wars movie. But I will not specify. What? I will not specify to keep it spoiler free yeah. for Mary Clay. See? Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. helping you out. <laughs> yeah, I totally get why... Especially, I'm sure that will be a very common answer um, with our generation as I start having more guests on and asking them that question, um, that the prequels were probably the introduction for a lot of people. And because of that very reason, it probably does have a special place in a lot of people's hearts just for that reason. Because if you're like, well, I can't can't bash this thing that was my (laughs) introduction to this universe, you know, like... That would be that would be so mean. It'd be like, you know, hating on your kindergarten kindergarten teacher because <laughs> she didn't teach you complex calculus. Yeah, you know? Here's the thing though, people do it all the time. Their entire YouTube oh, channel I'm aware. just dedicated oh, to I hating know. Star Wars. It's like I, we'll get there when we get there. But Which is we'll just <laughs> I Yeah, so kind of like also in response to something you said about like how many haters there are and whatnot and I'm sure I will encounter them but I have learned a lot about myself through Mm. podcasting that's what I'm talking about and everything and have come to and I think this is also something that a lot of people as you you know grow into your late 20s and you know part of being a young adult is eventually learning that like there are some people who aren't gonna vibe with what you're vibing like they're not going to be on the same wavelength as you and so here i am i'm piloting this spaceship (laughs) Uh, this (laughs) this space pod (laughs) um i'm piloting it and you can either get on board and have a good time with me and enjoy the ride or get off and i'm not gonna fight the people who want to get off you know, like, I don't yeah. want people on board who don't want to be on board. Ooh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Mary Clay has laid down the gauntlet. Laid it down. <laughs> um. So today we are discussing 
Star Wars colon A New Hope. I don't know where the is it episode. I don't know where the episode four comes in that lineup. <laughs> okay, it's uh, 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 it was just called Star Wars back then. But yeah, you know, originally. More, but this is yes, this is New Hope episode four. How does that feel, Mary Clay? It feels great. The start it feels of so exciting. <laughs> it is kind of silly to imagine this releasing in theaters, and it's like it's just Star Wars. That's it. Yep. And then eventually being like, huh, maybe we could keep this train going. <laughs> Let's add a what? colon onto that. Well, <laughs> Give it a Star- subtitle. Star Wars history fact. The original vid- vision was nine or ten movies from George Lucas. Oh you know, he, I know. I know you shake your head. But he started at the most interesting part in my opinion. Well, in his opinion, too. He started at the right spot. I think he did a good job. And picking yeah. that spot. Yeah. You know, whether or not he stayed faithful to his original vision, that's mm. a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> you're you're we'll in revisit the thick of that it. question, yeah, like a year down the line. And so this episode we'll be discussing if anyone I don't know is watching along. No one's watching along with me, me? on a week I'm by week basis. You well, you watched me? along because it was required reading. Oh, oh, please. I know it like the back of my hand. Oh, I'm sure, you. I'm sure. Okay. We're discussing the first uh roughly 42 minutes and then um each episode will be about 30 to 40 minutes worth of the movie um a wonderful wonderful thing about this movie um that i could not say about the lord of the rings movies is that this is two hours long we need to bring back two hour long movies (laughs) really yes all right interesting here's here's the thing i'm gonna be even more controversial 90 minutes i love a 90 minute movie okay all right here's the thing when it comes to star wars they that i can understand them being a pretty lengthy thing but i controversial opinion number one or number i don't know i've been counting i think there's stuff you can cut in this one but in this one even yeah. get it down shorter oh yeah i think so too for sure i mean i think i think of the i, I Sometimes you remember the Star Wars in your head better than the what actually happened. So I was rewatching this, and I'm like, man, we're spending a lot of time on this desert with just the robots. Yeah, just walking. <laughs> yeah, like we could cut that. There's a lot of just like transitional scenes of, of literally them just like riding in the ship, and then it does like a side wipe. Yeah, and you're gonna get a lot of those. A oh lot yeah, of old oh yeah. Basic. It's like it's watching star wars a new hope for the first time is like that moment in sixth grade when your teacher asks you to make a powerpoint presentation for the first time and you're actually this probably doesn't even apply to this generation anymore but like i remember making one of my first like powerpoint presentations for school and it was like it was like zoom in zoom out we're gonna uh you know Fall in, fall out, star wipe, star, <laughs> like all the transitions. We're going to fade in, fade out. We're going to do the dissolve. We're going to do the rate, yeah. like all the transitions because it was like technology you had never experienced before. I get it. But like, you have to remember, like, I don't know. This is, I don't know. This is controversial to say. It was groundbreaking. It was like, it was groundbreaking. It's never been done before, but not like this. Not this exciting. Not this, like, well shot, you know? like The first shot is just a black screen, and then in blue text it says, in a galaxy far, far away. And then there's this long pause. And then, boom! 
So iconic and Star Wars, it slams into the screen and it goes zooming off into space. We've all seen it. Like even, you know, I haven't seen Star Wars. I've seen this. So how can you not get hype to that? You know, like what a way to start off a movie. Oh my god. 1977. Woo! <laughs> Yay! I think, I don't know, maybe it's the whiplash of you coming from Tolkien about how, like, it's like languid and fine. That is true. The, uh, had the rings of power. Total opposite. Pro, pro, they both have, both films have prologues. Total opposite vibes where it literally opens it do 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 and then Galadriel mm-hmm. goes like there was once three rings made by the elven lords. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you can know. you can you do the whole Star Wars crawl in that style? That should be <laughs> Just the we should swap them. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there has done that, swapped the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars prologue styles. Oh, so great. I need you to do me a favor and clip this out as a TikTok so I can do it. So you can do it. Okay, great. Yeah, if you, I fully give you permission to execute that idea because I am very good at coming up with ideas. (laughs) I have very little follow through. Mary Clay, what are you talking about? This is one of two ideas that I have followed through with. The other one was that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And look where you are now. (laughs) Look where I am now. Look at us. So the slow crawl begins, and it's actually very fast. And I say that because the first time I was watching it, I was try I was trying my best to read it and like intake the information and remember it because I'm like, this is important. It's establishing what this movie is about. You know, like what is hap- What's the background here? And it was truly just like in one ear and out the other. I was trying so hard to retain it that I wasn't retaining it at all. So. The first time I watched it, my friends actually had to pause it so that I could read everything (laughs) because then I started panicking because it was going too fast and I wasn't reading it. It's okay, Mary Clay. Like, what you need to know, you see. You know, like, uh, Rebel Spies, uh, Death Star... Yeah, eventually, yeah, Empire, yeah. I picked you know? up, on, I picked up on on most of the important plot points, but definitely in these like subsequent watches that I've been doing in preparation for the recording, I've been picking up on more details, and I'm like, oh, that's why that happened. <laughs> and don't worry, there's entire movies dedicated to what's on this crawl. So if you missed it, you'll just watch it in the movie version. You'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> there are the rebels. Those are our good guys. And the evil galactic empire. And they're fighting. And they just had a battle where in this battle, the rebels stole secret plans about the Death Star. And and Death Star, by the way, is in all caps. So you know it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And the plans about how to destroy the Death Star are on this rebel spaceship in the custody of Princess Leia. And so that is how where we open up. With my friends, the very first time I watched it, one of our friend's husbands is like a big tech person. He knows how to get all the different pirated versions, bootleg versions of stuff, all that. So someone brought up that since 
this original release, uh, George Lucas had a lot of it touched up, a lot of things uh, edited and changed here and there. And then like essentially they were like, he like threw everything else out. Yes, yeah, so my friends were like, but there are versions out there that people have that's like the original version. So that's what they eventually pulled up. And I could tell a huge difference because the second time around, I've been watching it on Disney Plus and wow, the CGI, very different. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Are, and I say that because the the very, the like very like next shot is, is this huge spacecraft like looming over the camera. Star Wars history fact, this was not a popular decision. People yeah. hated it, you know? Yeah. And I think I like... Like, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen the OG, OG, OG original one. I wasn't alive back then. You know, you had to get it on like this, <laughs> like, what's it called? Betamax, I think it was called. Like the version, that, the yeah. OG original version. But I, this was, I get why people were upset. I get it. And I guess it goes back to like authors who's in control of their work. You know, what confuses me the most is that it seems as though it's an easy cash grab. Just to have the new edition. Yeah. The new original of it. So, like on a complete capitalist, cynical way of looking at it. Oh, yeah. People will buy Good that. Point. You Good know, point. there's director's cuts of things, you know. So I'm just, uh, George, Why? what made it so bad that you had the quote unquote delete he, all previous Yeah, versions, his like know? artistic integrity at that point was on the line, I guess. True. I, it wasn't though. People I mean, but Wars, I'm sure you know? like. Yeah. I'm sure like that's how he viewed it is he's like, I'm an artist and I'm taking a stance by doing this and making this decision. I am pretty sure that the there is an original copy in the Library of Congress. I'm like 80 percent. Oh, sure. I'm sure there's an original copy <laughs> at my parents house in the yeah. form of a VHS. <laughs> I'm thing, pretty sure. <laughs> like by the time VHSs came out, it still wasn't the OG OG version, you know? There are some things that I wish George didn't put into this, but we'll get there when we get there. Oh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. hold up the whole pod. Go ahead. Yeah, so we haven't really even, a person hasn't even come on screen yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, the spaceship is being attacked, and the first things we see are R2-D2 and C-3PO. And I got to tell you. They are easily my favorite part of this entire film. Really? Yes. Interesting. Good, because they show up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I would also say R2 is probably my favorite character. And I feel very strongly and passionately about him already. Interesting. And I will be really, uh, I'll be really interested to see what happens with all the other characters to see if uh, R2 gets overtaken by someone else. You know, like... I mean, no comment about that, but I think I think it goes back to the the roots of s- storytelling to start this story off on two side characters. Oh, you I know, love it's, it! It's I love almost it. Almost like it's like it's almost Shakespearean. Like, what are the yeah, two characters that's a great in the point. Hamlet? Uh, what was the, oh my gosh? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, or if you're not cool like Mary Clay, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw the animal version of Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like 
Yes. Lion King does not I start would, off with Timon and Pumbaa. So this is and very interesting. This is also probably going to be the first of many references I will make to Lord of the Rings, but I think it's only natural that I will make a lot. But anyway, um, they give me very much Merry and Pippin vibes. And R2 is Pippin and C-3PO is Merry. Merry's trying to be the more responsible <laughs> of the two, but they're still kind of a little bit, you know, they're still a dynamic duo. They're still both a little bit silly. Um, oh my and gosh. I we could go one for one. Then who's them. Frodo then? Um, I guess Frodo would have to be Luke. Is he though? Uh, then then who's Han? Han is Aragorn. Really? No, I don't. I disagree. I, with that. I say I only I, say I say that only because he's introduced. Uh, they're Same both way. of these characters are introduced <laughs> like skulking in the corner of a of a seedy bar. I mean, the the influences are right there. A, a stranger in the corner with the what's it called Strider, you know, uh, he is yeah. definitely the space ranger, pun intended, mm. of this movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, so anyway, 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 yeah. C, yeah. I'm loving C three PO. I'm loving R two D two, and it's so fascinating to me that they were able to put so much characterization into a robot that literally only goes beep 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 beep. So amazing and fantastic. Also, I highly recommend watching this with the captions on because R2's captions sometimes are iconic where it's like, beep sadly. <laughs> you know, I, I do have a question for you, Mary Clay. Is it okay to ask you a question on your own podcast? Yes. Um, do you have a head voice for R2? No, it's just the beeping. You really? Yeah. Wow, this is fascinating because... Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, fandom check-in. A lot of people have different voice, or like you know, I think when Family Guy recreated this, they made R two Cleveland. <laughs> you know, I was like uh, R two. To me, R two is not black. To, to me, R two R two is not black coded. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Like if C three PO is like this like buttoned up character, I don't know. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, if I had to like. V- cast r2d2 as a voice i'm thinking he's like a maybe like a remember you know you know uh super bad right i no, feel I like don't. he's the well remember that's the next remember my whole shtick is that super i don't bad. know things <laughs> oh oh gosh never mind then uh, i yeah, think okay. he's maybe i for the listeners maybe a jonah hill okay i know who jonah hill is outside super of super bad to me r2d2 is not black Maybe like a New York accent, maybe uh, something American. But hey, what are you going to do? Go ahead. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so here's a fun piece of trivia. Also, By the way, a huge shout out to the Deus Ex Media Discord server and specifically to Kenna, because I asked in advance if people could look at the trivia that was on IMDb and <laughs> do a spoiler proof for me. And Takana took it upon herself to filter out the spoilers and send me a huge list of spoiler free trivia and like behind the scenes fun facts about A New Hope because I like to know what was going on. I like to sprinkle them in every now and then in the episode. Um, So this one is that in early drafts of the script, R2-D2 could speak English and had a rather foul vocabulary. Although all of R2's English speech was removed, many of C-3PO's reactions were left in. And I love that. And I do kind of 
I do kind of wish we had the English version, the English dub <laughs> for R2. So we could like, because there are a lot of scenes where I was like, oh, he was absolutely cussing up a storm just then. Well, I, I, I go back and forth about this. You've seen you've seen all of this movie, right? right? Yes. Because I feel as though sometimes Star Wars characters fall into, is this a character or is this a pet? Mm, yeah. I won't spoil the rest of the thing, but some I think R2 firmly is a character. Yes, I agree. Sometimes people treat him like him a pet. Him like a pet. You know, and it's like mm, it's it's hard because he he does have a little bit of agency. Heck, half the story rides on him getting to his destination. I would say more <laughs> actually I have a theory about that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. It's being attacked. C-3PO's freaking out. He says, we're doomed, which I have learned by now appears to be one of his catchphrases. He says it multiple times. We no love comment. an anxious, we love an anxious <laughs> king. And then uh, Darth Vader and the stormtroopers come onto the ship. And I was very surprised to see Darth Vader this early on in the film. I thought he would be like a big baddie revealed, you know, towards the end of the movie or something. But he's, uh, he's actually like a... A pretty significant role in this movie interesting i mean darth vader is probably the the most popular villain in all of yes. movies yeah like hands down like i don't even think there's a higher number one everyone knows darth vader and to your fact everyone knows darth vader's luke's dad you know it goes to the sticking power and i think that in this movie what i admit sometimes in later iterations of darth vader he to me, sometimes he can come off as robotic because he's never as, like, l I dare to say lively or emotional mm -hmm. as he is in this one, you know? Like, find the rebels, da 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 you know? He's very, in my opinion, more talkative than he is in other ones. But, hey, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? So, at this point in my first watch, I said Star Wars is camp. <laughs> Because there are these rebels with these absurd-looking helmets... Um, of course, it was in the 70s. No one was being paid very much on this movie, I imagine. Uh, low budget. Um, and so a lot of the acting for these like troops or soldiers or whatever, rebel forces, is very over-exaggerated. Um, like watching one get hit with a, a laser or what? Listen to me using probably all the wrong terminology. Um, and they like almost do like a backflip, like falling over against the wall. There's another moment um, later on where Darth Vader's choking someone. And when he throws him against the wall, the actor, that actor had rent due. <laughs> he <laughs> gets flung against the wall in the most dramatic way. I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where when you rewatch it, it's a lot more playful than you oh, remember yeah. it, yeah. you know? And I think some people remember, remember the Star Wars movie in their head yeah. more than what yeah. actually happened on screen. And this yeah. is I that. love, and that's what really surprised me and what I'm coming away with being like pleasantly surprised about is how fun and playful it is. Um, and that like, it's just, the, the thing is though, is that like, I don't think it was meant to be silly, but I, I'll tell you what, I was laughing a lot with my friends and I don't think this is it, but I don't think it was meant, you know, it's a, it's a movie that we laughed at that I don't think George Lucas was like, and people are really going to laugh at this. I wouldn't say it's like, think of it like as almost like a theater play almost this first like section yeah, feels yeah. like a very much playing to the black row, you know? 
Not black row, back row. Wow. <laughs> Freudian <Sorry>. slip. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know by now, I am black. But. R2D2 um, and C3PO, they're, you know, they're both reacting to everything that's going on. C3PO loses track of him and looks down a hall and sees um, Princess Leia talking. Like, we see her bending over and, like, programming R2, and then she, like, walks away. Darth Vader boards, the stormtroopers take um, the rebel forces, they surrender. Um, R2 is dead set on getting in this escape pod. And C-3PO is like, are you sure about this? This seems very dangerous. I don't think this is safe. And then R2 does like a little beep. And then there's like a big explosion behind them with the stormtroopers. And C-3PO is like, all right, you go first. I'm right after you. <laughs> and gets into the escape pod together. Um, need it. And then uh, the stormtroopers find Leia. We see her. She has a gun of some kind. Mm. She gets a shot in. Um, but they uh, they set their lasers to stun and stun her. And then I laughed at this line. I don't know why, but one of them goes like, she'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, people die in this. It's Star Wars. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it, it, I think it's funny because they make a point not to kill Princess Leia. And then they destroy a planet. Of an entire planet. And they like, to, I mean, you don't see it, but like, they torture her, you know? Like, yeah. that's definitely implied. Uh, on my second watch through is when it occurs to me, what does a princess do? And these are all questions that you do not have to answer that I'm okay. sure I will discover in my own time. But what is a princess doing? on like a rebel spaceship in the middle of a civil war. It seems like, like where are her parents? Why is no one like, like, I mean, I guess, however, good for her that her parents are like, yeah, we're going to let the princess go off and be an active, you know, member of our society and fight for our cause. So that's cool. She has a lot more agency than like a stereotypical princess role might have. But I was it was just kind of like, what is the princess doing here? Like, she's a very important person and she's involved in something where she might die. What is the line between spoilers and context of the world? You I guess that's just me voicing my thought that that occurred to me. And I'm sure I will find it out later. You know, I will but say like, this was my line of thinking at this point. Le Le I will say Princess Leia is let's just say she's a young adult you know okay <laughs> like, got it uh, ages are different in the star wars universe but like she's a young adult she's not a teen you know uh which is so all. funny because yeah. luke comes off the exact opposite where i'm like he looks like he's 25 and he's acting like he is 15 <laughs> Well, that's it's what Tatooine so does to you. <laughs> I mean, they... Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Never it's okay. Mind. You're doing great. <laughs> so R2 and C-3PO land on a planet. I'm learn. I, I think I knew that it was... Is this Tatooine that they're on now? I think I knew that, but I... I was trying to pay attention if they like ever say it or because at one point one of them does ask like where like where are we and no one responds and, and says like oh you're on blah 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 so I was trying to figure out where we were anyway this was that desert scene that we were discussing that probably could have been trimmed down a bit yeah, like I get it I understand the need for it like in hindsight as from a storytelling but like do we really need to see R2 
going down in the cave, getting zapped. This is like, you know what I mean? Like, all right. Let's Do we really up. need to see the fellowship walking <laughs> and then a close up and then a drone shot of them walking on a mountain? And then, oh, look, they're still walking on the mountain. I agree. There's a lot of walking shots we could probably all cut. Um, so C-3PO and R2 have a little bit of a spat. Um, 3PO is like, well, I'm not listening to you anymore. (laughs) And R2 does this like little sassy head turn to like look at him and it cracked me up. Oh my God. And then he just like goes off. Um, and it was at this point that I'm like, R2 is just a little chaos demon and I love it so much. (laughs) Interesting. 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 I think, I think the beeps allow anything to be interpreted because when i first met r2 back in the day in prequel it was almost as if he's like superman yeah i don't know if it's like not superman but like it felt like he was a little puppy you know like a little <laughs> like when i when i first encountered r2d2 back in the day it's like wow he's so helpful he's ready to help you know like always he's just now, a helpful little guy yeah just a helpful little guy you know like i'm their chief kind of vibes you know and then the, to get here to rewatch this, I'm like, damn, he's battle hardened. <laughs> you know? He's anti. It's because shit, he man. he's very set on this mission that Princess Leia has given him, um, which we'll learn about later on. 3PO is like standing in the desert now by himself, and he's like, oh, I'm lost. He sees something blinking in the distance and waves them down. Um, and then we cut to R2 on his own, and he's kind of like by himself rolling along and then we see these really creepy i'm calling them creepy because it <laughs> frightened me but these mm. little tiny creatures they they're just in these uh brown robes you can't see their faces they have glowing red and i think maybe yellow oh. some of them have yellow eyes and the way that they're introduced is first you see you just see the red eyes glowing in the shadows Oh, I forgot to say, so I ran a recording on my phone, uh, like, during my first watch through so that I would get some of my, like, initial first reactions. And I think this was the first time that I had, like, a a visceral, like, strong reaction to something that was happening in the movie. And I was like, no, I don't like this. I don't know what this is, but I don't like that. Oh, it's okay. Oh, no, I don't like that. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It has red glaring eyes. That no, are you kidding? <laughs> but I was right to not like them because they attack and stun R two and they steal him and they put him into droid trafficking. They are running a <laughs> droid traffic ring. So I'm gonna brace you. Uh, there's a lot of slavery in the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like for real. Like no jokes. Like no people are in slaved especially on Tatooine it's just like oh gonna buy some milk might buy a droid might buy a person oh man (laughs) it's a a weirdly large part of this universe it's just thrown around yeah yeah R2 is taken by the Jawas that's what I learned later that they are called Jawas also it's at this point that like you can hear his he's doing like scared beeps and it makes me so sad. Wanna do like a recreation of it? Give us your best R2, Mary Clay. Here, I'll I'll do like his little scared, <laughs> timid one. It's like beep 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 beep. beep, beep. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that that uh, impression went down much better than my Gollum impression. Oh, dang. We'll let the fans decide on that one. Okay, and another thing about the Jawas. I know that this came first, but they are the Despicable Me minions. (laughs) It's the exact same sound. My gosh. I didn't think about that. I'll say that this is fresh in my mind because I was recently babysitting and the kids put on, um, they've done like a whole bunch of different shorts now of like their cinematic universe and a lot of them are Minion based. So I've watched a lot of Minion content uh, not long before I watched this. And so I was just like, they are, they sound like, so obviously the, the creator of Despicable Me took some inspiration from the Jawas, I bet. But, like, if you do a side-by-side comparison of the voices... Now, granted, I don't think the Jawas will ever say banana because that's what the minions <laughs> say a lot. Um, so the Jawas take R2. He, there's a moment where he is getting like sucked up into the ship and the music that's playing, I legit, it's like some tuba, like bumbling thing. And I legitimately said, I was about to say, this sounds like Home Alone. And then I remembered who composed both. (laughs) Um, But it was like this one specific moment that I was like, this sounds very much like the burglars bumbling through after getting booby trapped. Like that (laughs) that music. Yeah. I, I will say right after this scene is one of those scenes where it's like, oh, this was clearly inserted in the like this is the remastered edition if you're watching disney plus it's the stormtrooper like looking around and they're riding on like aliens and stuff oh, like that those yeah those like, things were bad looking <laughs> that's a cgi recreation. oh man it was not yeah it did not look good i actually i almost i wouldn't say they're bad looking i wouldn't say that it's just like very clearly yeah you couldn't do this in the 70s george george was george what are you doing <laughs> come on Come on, come on. I like referring to him as George by first name. I think it's great. It's like, I mean, call him Mr. Lucas. Come on. No, let's be real. C3PO and R2D2 are reunited. Uh, 3PO is understandably very anxious and nervous about this. He once again again says, We're doomed. Um, Nervous about what their fates will be. And then uh, we see some guys walking over to the ship where they've landed and. We hear off screen, Luke, Luke, <laughs> and this guy with a in all white and leggings and a Bieber haircut. <laughs> okay, okay. Comes onto the screen, and this is Luke. I don't know his last name yet. Um, you don't know his last name? His la- Vader, apparently. No, his name is Luke Skywalker. It's oh, it's Skywalker. Spur- That's half the name of this podcast. Oh, my God. Like, okay, You're so right. You're so right. His you know Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. It's not a spoiler to tell no, you his name. No, I knew name. that. I knew that. I just <laughs> didn't know it. Get it together. Get it together. I will say, like, in terms of outfits, I think it's, it's pretty iconic. I think it's interesting how sometimes, like, it's very clear that George didn't think he was going to make a lot of sequels, right? Because if you look at what Uncle, not Uncle Ben, well. <laughs> no, it is Uncle Ben. That, yeah, no, so that's it. The other character is Uncle Owen. And Uncle I would say Owen. within the first minute of him being on screen and interacting with Luke, 
I said, okay, now I'm gonna make potentially a bold or not bold prediction, just based on my knowledge of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is that this uncle is going to die. <laughs> potentially within the next like 15 minutes. <laughs> no, Uncle Owen's one of my favorite. St- Okay, let's be real. But it's like, I look at the costumes, and everyone's dressed like a Jedi. But it's like... We actually, we talked about this because his aunt just looks like a regular woman in the 70s. Like, like, we were like, I would wear that outfit today. (laughs) Yeah, I... I, Because when you... This is not a spoiler to say how people are dressed. When you go to the prequels, everybody's wearing some form of like, I don't know... Uh, robe but like mm-hmm. crossed over and like has like the boots and stuff like that so i i do think that uncle owen's outfit is in hindsight a little weird you know it's not not appropriate for him yeah they're farmers yes. aren't they like he should be in overalls you know what what's the space version what's the tatooine version of dinner exactly also you know? this scene is revisited so many times from so many different angles too can can I tell you something about the robot? Or will you get to it like three Which years robot? from now? Which robot? I don't know. The red one. What about it? Okay. The, like, the, I will say, I don't want to spoil because he's not an important character. Because you know the character that like, they buy a droid. They're like, all right, let's get out of here. And then he blows up randomly. Yeah. So th- that's actually, that's something that I speculated that I don't know if it was implied or if I just missed it or whatever. So... Uncle Owen and Luke by C-3PO. Oh, and Luke, by the way, is so whiny. Uncle Owen is like, I need you to take these droids up to Bullet. And he goes, but I was going to go up to the boat. And yeah. I was, I was, are, are, this is insane. <laughs> I got to go to the Tashi station to get the power converters. That's like, it, I mean- yeah. <laughs> but I was going to go meet up with Biggs. Um, yeah. And yeah. they walk away, and R2 tries to follow 3PO and does, like, some sad little beeps. Um, and his legs, by the way, are, like, tied up. Um, so he's just doing, like, a little waddle. And C3, I, in my head, say C3, but his nickname is 3PO. Yep. I'll yep, try yep. to get into that. Anyway, <laughs> 3PO turns and kind of, like, gives him a look. As this other robot, Red, is with them, another R2 unit. Um, R5-D4. Okay, R5. There we go. Then he, like, spontaneously explodes, and then they're like, okay, I guess we'll take the blue R2 unit, um, which becomes such a huge coincidence that R2, with this message, ends up with Luke, and then eventually together they find obi-wan kenobi and 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 so i was watching this scene again just now before we were sitting down to record and i wondered did c3p because r2 says uh, like r2 like beeps at him or something and uh 3po says like the things i do for you so it is imp- is it implied that c3po like sabotaged the red robot is it a spoiler to tell you that the R5 unit has a has a backstory. Oh my god, that makes it so sad. So, in like in the <laughs> there's a passage where you see it from R5 and R2's point of view. And R2 turns to R5 while they're on the sand crawler and is like, 
listen, the fate of the galaxy rests on me getting this message and tells like in like droid speak, right? And so as the R5 unit is walking away with Luke, he destructs, self-destructs like instantly so that R2 can get to Luke. Wow. That you'll, it's not important. It's really not. But I will say this is not, not the droid the, we needed, but the droid we deserved. Yeah, no and way. This is not the, the opposite. This is not know. the last time we'll see R5. We will see R5 again. I will not tell you where or when, but hopefully listeners of this podcast will remember on the first episode, be on the lookout for R5. You won't get for it to like another like two or three years, I guess. Oh, at no. This rate. You'll see. <laughs> you'll, you'll know. You'll know. Interesting backstory. I love that because I was cut like all of the events that follow led me to the wild theory that R2-D2 is actually a mastermind and is actually in control of this entire thing. This idea of like coincidences and fate is definitely something that plays out a lot in Lord of the Rings, that like the way the ring was destroyed was only due to a very specific set of circumstances. And like no one could have predicted that this is the events that they needed to follow in order to succeed. And so I, I'm watching all this and I'm like, there's no way all of this can be pure, just like, oh, well, um, R2-G2 happened to be bought by Luke and then happened to like, so that's the thing is R2. So, so Luke is like fixing them up, uncovers a part of the message that Leia left with R2. And it just says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It's like playing over and over and over. He's wondering what to do about it. Um, And he's like, okay, well, we'll deal with that later. He goes to dinner with his aunt and uncle. And then this is where we learn. He is, he's just a small town boy wanting to get out of this, you know, this small town and go to the big city. (laughs) Um, he wants to leave the farm behind. What are they farming, by the way? Do you know? It's a moisture farm. They're farming water. Get it? Like, cause. Oh, you know, interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so his uncle is like, well, I need you for this harvest. And he's like, but you said that, but you said that last year. I want to go to the academy, like Biggs and whatever. Um, and and so he storms off and his aunt goes, where are you going? And he goes, nowhere, apparently. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. If you're like, let's just say like Luke is what, 19, maybe? Like, it's it's weird if you're a ch- not a child, but if you're growing up in the Star Wars universe, what it means, like you are in a galactic empire and it's Tatooine. So you don't feel the effects fully of like what the galactic empire does to people, especially in this first movie. And I think it's always interesting how Luke kind of always wanted to get out of Tatooine for better, or for worse, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And I think going back to your earlier point, like it just happens to be fate. It just happens to like do it. How familiar are you with the concept of the force? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some Good would point. say, some would say it penetrates us. It binds us. Stick it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I mean, and no, that is, a, that is a good, I guess, explanation for everything, you know, that happens just the way it does. For me, I like to say, like, sometimes the force is literally like I pull something with telekinesis. That happens a lot. But I like to think of the force is something that 
moves through like space and time it connects us all so like if later movies where you see a character wanting something pushing for something pulling for something you know it's not as if the force is acting in that moment then to me it's almost as if the force is throughout time and you see echoes of the same moment in previous movies and mm. in the future movies so okay. when like <laughs> when luke is on the ship facing darth vader or whatever you know it's like what happened to get him there is also part of the force for me you know so that's like, uh, i mean R2, this question yeah. of like what the force is exactly mm-hmm. is gonna be something that like i mean obviously i was wondering about as it was just like briefly introduced in this part of the movie but like exploring what the force is and what it can do i'm sure is a big part of these movies unfortunately just keep it, for me i like it to be as vague as possible yeah just, you know yeah. like i don't want i don't want the math behind it that's so fine we'll, yeah we'll talk about that on another part <laughs> uh luke oh but first he has a very angsty moment he just kicked the sand i recognize this song He's so dramatic. Wow. I don't think I necessarily would have thought this scene in particular stood out had I not kind of like known of its reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, that like this scene and this score that's playing it, I think I would have been like, oh, yeah, I guess that was an interesting scene with cool music of of Luke brooding as he stares at the there are two sunsets. Um, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, this is, I this did is, write this is John stuff. Williams do be John Williamsing. It's, I don't know. It's just, cla- it's, here's the thing. If this was a musical, this is where you put the, I want song, you know? Yeah. Like. So the, true. He wants so adventure true. in Actually, the great you know what? somewhere. He wants it more than he can bear. <laughs> I think Star Wars, it's a musical where there are moments where you're totally right. Like this moment with Luke should absolutely, this is his, you know, I can go the distance. <laughs> this this yeah, is absolutely, yeah. like this does call for that kind of moment that exists within a musical. But obviously like the people... People would revolt <laughs> if there was a Star Wars musical. It wouldn't. It's not even the first time someone has tried to make a musical version of Star Wars. They are littered throughout the internet. You can throw a rock and find a Star Wars musical. Oh, yeah. May I recommend Annie? Yes. By Star Kid. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. So my biggest gripe when I was starting, that's what I'm talking about. And I was doing this off of inspiration from Potterless. <laughs> And I was very jealous of Mike Mike Schubert (laughs) because he was going to get to experience a very Potter musical for the first time. And so I was very sad that there was no low budget college created musical (laughs) version of Lord of the Rings for me to experience. Now, Starkid did do a Hobbit musical when they were in college. But it was before they started doing Star Kid stuff and filming stuff. So they only there's like one or two clips. And I knew that they did Annie, short for Anakin. <laughs> and 
I am so excited that I'm gonna get to finally. It's like I'm uh, like I'm unlocking a part of the Star Kid mm. universe for me to consume. After that's actually oh just goodness. what this podcast is for. It's just a means for me to be able to watch <laughs> that show Star finally. Kid? It's gonna be a minute. Oh, it's gonna be yeah. Like when you're like year five of doing the Star Wars podcast, like well, I'm gonna watch the Star Kid Potter musical. I mean, it's good. I think. I, wait, I can't spoil it. Yeah, don't tell me anything. Yeah, mind. we'll we'll come back to that conversation. So, okay, we gotta keep going, man. After he broods, we have this beautiful cinematic moment. Um, beautiful score. He goes back to three uh, PO, and then this is where we find out R two has run off. And and this is when I think R2 might be a secret mastermind (laughs) that like he's actually a genius um, because he I wonder if there is a part of him that knows he has to leave and draw Luke out as well so that they are not there when, you know, the stormtroopers come later and spoiler alert, murder everyone. Well. No comment. No, no the, comment about R 2s no motivations. <laughs> I, I will. Uh, uh, no comment. It's kind of just no explained that he had this mission to deliver a message to Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. and which, by the way, Luke he heard that he heard that name, and he's like, I wonder if he's related to Old Ben. And I was like, Old Ben lives out beyond the dunes. Are you telling me Obi Wan Kenobi's first name is Ben? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like it's. It, I will say it's the other way around. His real name is Obi Wan. His street name is Ben. Is ben. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like okay. If you if you decided to move to Canada, right, and then you said, "Hey, my name is Clay. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna like, Who's gonna fact on, check me? On. Yeah. So they go after R two the next morning, and they have a run in with sand people who I guess are just. I mean, they're people, so I'm assuming they're not aliens, but they're just dangerous people. They're bandits, I guess. They are aliens, I'll tell you that. Well, then why are they called sand people? That's so dumb. Uh, but racism. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, that's really it. <laughs> um, And so they attack. I did get jump scared. There's a moment where, cl- like, classic opportunity for a jump scare where Luke is looking through binoculars and then, like, all of a sudden one, like, appears in front of the binoculars but close up. Ah! <laughs> okay, that got me. That got me. And they get attacked, but then off in the distance, this, like, cloaked figure shows up and does, like, this weird cackle or scream or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and scares off the sand people and he like coaxes r2 out of a corner like a like a scared cat and says hello there which i i I know that's a star wars thing is him saying hello there (laughs) you're in the club what (laughs) um and he checks on luke he wakes up luke and luke is like Oh, yeah, this little R2 unit's, like, really dedicated. He's trying to find his old master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this guy, Ben Kenobi, goes Mm -hmm. like, Obi-Wan, I haven't heard that name in years. Luke is like, oh, so you know him. Is he dead? And he goes, not yet, for (laughs) Obi-Wan is me, or whatever. And this gave me, again, Lord of the Rings reference, 
Very similar vibes of Gandalf when he comes back as Gandalf the White and he goes like, Gandalf? I guess I once knew that name. Yes, that does sound familiar. I am Gandalf. (laughs) Stop playing Gandalf. Gosh. Stop playing Ben. So how should I refer to this character as Ben or Obi-Wan? Listen, I think... I I think you should refer to him as Obi Wan. I don't like. Obviously, Obi-Wan. I'm okay, not great because Obi Wan wasn't his real name. It was just a cover. You know, it's not his true self. It's not his true name. You know. Mm. But actually, no comment. No comment. You'll okay, find out okay, later. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is so hard keeping spoilers. I will. Me. I will say one of the names that I I did, I never seriously considered this name. For the podcast, but I was just throwing ideas around in my in my head, and I did come up with um, "Okie Dokie," and then I was trying to make it work with Obi Wan Kenobi because I knew that was a name. So I was like, "Okie Dokie, Obi Wan Kenobi," and then one of my friends said, "Well, actually, his name is Ben." And so Okie dokie Ben Kenobi could work. And I was like, oh, that's very fun. They kind of regroup. They get away from the sand people. C-3PO, he gets his arm torn off and he's like, leave me behind. Luke is like, now what is this talk? Oh, shut up. It's fine. Um, So they go back and they fix him. I wish I could just shut off because C-3PO goes like, do you ever? He's like, do you need me still? Because I'm going to power down. And Luke is like, that's okay. And then he just like turns off and like. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. Like, damn. Okay. No, he's just taking a little nap. He's doing a little uh, a little self-care, some rest and relaxation, you know? <laughs> it sounds like when someone like takes out their hearing aids, you know? You ever, ever have deaf friends? I have deaf friends who like literally like tune people out. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I'm just done listening to you. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi accesses the full message that Leia left, which is that she was sent on a mission by her father to collect him and bring him back to their planet, Alderaan. Is that is that correct? Did I say that? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you got it right. I, it's fun fact. Remember COVID? Remember when the pandemic was going on? Remember that good old times, right? <laughs> People... Said, like, it was a you better wash your hands, you know, and that has to be like for a certain amount of times. If you say the Princess Leia speech, it gives you enough time to properly wash oh, your hands. Oh, so like, turn the water on. General Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person but my ship has fallen under attack and i'm afraid my mission to bring you in alderaan has failed i have placed information vital to the survival of this rebellion into the memory system of this r2 unit my father will know how to retrieve it you must see this droid safely delivered him on alderaan help me obi-wan kenobi you are my only hope all right <laughs> I mean, I, why did I even bother recapping this scene when you could have just recited it? Incredible. So think of that next time you're you're watch you're washing your hands. Yeah, just play this podcast. <laughs> You'll be you washing your hands your for a while. Yeah. <laughs> your hands will be bleeding. <laughs> Obi Wan, he by the way, at this point he like pulls out a lightsaber and he's like, "Your father wanted me to pass this on to you." But your uncle wouldn't have anything of it. Oh, by the way, Luke's father was a Jedi. We learned now at this point. Oh, but also it's very silly because like we know that Luke's father is also Darth Vader. Um, and I think Obi-Wan says that 
he's he was killed by Darth Vader. So I'm interested to see like where the disconnect happened. If uh, if Obi-Wan knows that, like, does he know that Darth Vader is Luke's father and he's just like hiding it from him? Or if there was just like a like a bait and switch kind of a thing where it appeared that his father was killed by Darth Vader when he actually became Darth Vader. I don't know. I guess we'll see. No comment. It's funny looking back on this conversation, how many (laughs) entire Star Wars projects and universe came out of this conversation. Really? Crazy. Like it's it's like just rewatching it on the rewatch. I was like, well, that became a series. Oh, that became a movie. That came, like, that was four seasons (laughs) of a whole show. Oh, man, that was the whole thing. Like, it is crazy how much this universe is a mind. And you will see that, like, oh, that's what they were referencing when they went on Planet XYZ, you know? Yeah, I'll be interested to maybe see those things one day. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he gives them a lightsaber. And so they watch this message. And then I think it's an incredible leap that Obi-Wan takes where they finish this message and he sits back and he goes, well, obviously you have to come with me to Alderaan and learn to be a Jedi. And I think that's an incredible leap to take from like, you just met this kid, you know, you know, 10 minutes ago. And then now you're like, well, obviously this is your destiny. (laughs) Luke, again, very whiny. So angsty. He goes like, well, I mean, I hate that. He's like, don't get me wrong. I hate the empire. I absolutely hate it. And then he's like, very apathetic. But what can I, I mean, but what can I do about it? There's nothing I can do. I'm just a little old farmer boy stuck on this planet and I'm wasting my life here. And Obi-Wan is like, okay, then you do what you think you need to do. (laughs) Um, So then we have, um, I guess, a star wipe um, or something. (laughs) Maybe not a star wipe, a side wipe. (laughs) Um, get it together <laughs> and we we uh there have been a couple i think short scenes um on the death star and with darth Wait. vader and seeing that mary uh, Clay, you're missing the most important part what the lightsaber i said he gave him the lightsaber Mary do you want Clay, me to? Do you want me to skip over this part? I said. Mary I said Clay. that. Okay, he takes out a lightsaber and go and, it, and he presses the button and it goes. Zoom, zoom, no. Zoom. See, remember what? Remember my comment when I said about the Force earlier? Because <laughs> Luke Skywalker takes a lightsaber, looks down the barrel of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I picked up on that. That's one false move i will say uh, yeah he does just kind of like he it is kind of freaky that like they just press it and then it's like Zhoo! and like he was kind of like playing around with it and it's like okay buddy like maybe like be careful there i mean it's one of the things okay i'm sorry this is this is probably my favorite scene one of my favorite scenes in the movie right now i'm so sorry because like there are so many number one there's so many universes out of the scene number two it's so iconic one of my favorite parts of Star Wars is when they throw out a line, just a random line, and you're like, "That happened? What are you talking about?" It, I don't know. Remember when, like, in Lord of the Rings, when like Frodo was like talking to Elrond, and they were saying some shit like, "Yeah, that happened like in like 100 BC," and then everyone's like, "I remember it well. I was there in the first war and stuff like yeah, that." Yeah, the day you that know? men failed. Yeah. And then Elrond or Frodo's like, "You're how old?" 
<laughs> like what? And then you're just like, mm. wait a minute, this world is bigger and more grand than we ever had, you know, or had known about. And I love the symbolism. I love a good fantasy story where you get your father's sword or you get your ancestral sword. You get like your father's gun. It's one of my favorite tropes. I don't know, like this, this lightsaber this one thing that was used in a great war a long time ago that you don't know in a galaxy far far away wink <laughs> is i don't know it's just it's it's so mythical this whole scene mm. right there you can find it in lord of the rings you can find it in so many other like fantasy stuff i don't know did it catch you it seems like you're like ah he got the sword i was kind of just like oh hey look a lightsaber i know what those are like those are those are toys you don't understand this is so important (laughs) i was i mean like for me watching this movie this movie and i'm sure the other ones too i'm i'm more like Oh, cool! The thing, <laughs> like that's the thing, or oh, no, that like the thing, <laughs> like when like when the I, I kind of just thought about it tonight that like the Imperial March isn't played in this movie. So when it, it and it's such an iconic piece of score that when it does play, I'm gonna be like, oh, here it is. That's it's the one. that yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like. I think that's just how I'm watching it. Is I'm watching. It's like I'm like checking off boxes of like the Star Wars experience of like okay, we saw a lightsaber. Okay, we had someone talk about the Force. Okay, you know Darth Vader has a swishy cape on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Check, check, check. But that was that's a very beautiful way to view a scene and and such a brief moment like that so it's it's pure fantasy you know it's like i don't know no you're totally correct that 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 is a very important like this idea of passing on something from like a generation that the protagonist wasn't able to connect with and like they have this connection now Uh, all the best fantasy stories have a war some long time ago yeah, the previous war. And like like Lord of the Rings, I know I know J.R.R. Tolkien wants to be like, I don't use metaphors. Mine's not a metaphor for the World War One, you know? I'm like, okay, okay, Tolkien. Okay, sure. Speaking <laughs> of world wars, so we go to the Death Star, and this is where I need to bring up my level of discomfort that so many of the uniforms of the bad guys are very reminiscent of like uh, uh, of like Nazi soldier uniforms. They are it's without. Like, I mean, without the armband, you know. And like, I understand that like these are meant to be the bad guys. And like, maybe I'm reading into this too much. And maybe no. there is no correlation. But that's what it very much reminded me of. Okay, here's like here's a Star Wars context. That's not a spoiler, but helpful for you to know, right? It is all but clear and said that the Empire is pro-human human <laughs> you're never gonna you're you're not gonna it's very rare to see an alien in the empire mm. or working for the empire okay so the empire is racist pretty much okay because cool. when you look at the rebels you have aliens you have droids oh, you have a good point you have chewbacca <laughs> exactly they don't have any chewbacca's on their side that's no, right they do not good point good point so and that being said if you're in the 70s, the Empire, all white. <laughs> all Except white for like, you know? the main guy, voiced by a black guy. 
that we don't actually see. <laughs> yeah, like it's the subtext is there. Mm. They're named stormtroopers. Come on, America. You know what I mean? It's like people are surprised that Star Wars is political. This is evidence that Star Wars has always been political. And you're mm. when you're talking about war, there is no way to make that non-political. There is zero way That's, when you're talking yeah, about war. Yeah. What, like George Lucas did not make this in a vacuum. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially at that time period, you know? Like oh, for sure. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't know like how old George Lucas is, but this is in the 70s, right? And like he, he Yeah, is he not like dead yet? Like how is he? <laughs> he's not that old. He's old, but he's not like 90 years old or 100 years old. How old is George? That's Lucas? what I'm are we both googling this right now. <laughs> He is born 79. in 1944. Oh, uh-oh, he's 79. <laughs> 79. He's as old as Ian McKellen, I think. No, Ian Damn, McKellen's okay. much older. So he was definitely influenced by World War II. This is definitely a World War II allegory, or at least like most of it is. I guess the Empire. Mm, is, you that's know? a very definitive statement to make. I okay. Let me put the caveats in so I don't get canceled. Star Wars has elements that are a straight up World War II allegory. Okay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that'll be this will that'll be just I don't want to harp on this fact too much or this idea that like the imperial what do you call it, imperial officers mm-hmm. remind me very much of like German soldiers like SS you know uniforms from World War II. It just seems very reminiscent to me, so I'm bringing that up. I won't harp on it in the future um, because I don't want to trivially trivialize. Trivialize (laughs) I don't want to trivialize anything major by boiling it down to like, oh, well, it's Star Wars and, you know, whatever. So, but it's just like you said, it didn't exist in a vacuum. So, like, I will say it's. I don't know. If I saw an Imperial officer, I'd be like, oh, okay, they're Star Wars. But if I saw someone in a Death Eater costume with the tattoo and everything, <laughs> it's like, bro, it was even more blatant, you know? Interesting how you think how you think Death Eater is the line, but Imperial officer isn't. Okay, because Death Eater. Okay, we got we can't get into this. We <laughs> yes, have, we gotta finish this discussion. <laughs> we gotta finish this discussion. I'm canceled. This po- we're both getting canceled before this podcast <laughs> even comes out. Okay, so um, basically they have a board meeting, and this is when my brain immediately turned off because they start talking about politics, and I'm trying to follow along. But it's not making any sense to me because I don't have any context for this. And they're talking about how some council voted to dissolve something and the government is in the like the the governing power is in the hands of each individual land. And they said something about like fear will keep everyone in control. And then they are talking about their concerns that the rebels have the plans to the Death Star. And this is my uh, this is my thing. I'm like, if you know that the bad guys have the plans and you know that the Death Star has this one bad, you know, this one flaw, why don't you fortify it a little bit? You know, like it'd be one thing if they didn't know that they had the plans. But like if you know they have the plans, maybe do some work to fortify the Death Star a bit. <laughs> okay, listeners, I know you heard what Mary Clay just said. I oh, know no. you're squirming in your seat. Like, <laughs> you have to. Do- I know, I listeners, I heard it too. I heard it too. 
we will simply say together, no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. Oh, I will say, so I will say, just remember my previous statement. It's the four, like the force, the force for me is something that moves through time, right? Okay. So you've seen, you've seen all this movie, right? So like say spoilers, when Luke does his thing at the end, yeah. at the end, just know what it took to get him to that point. You'll see in later movies is to me, the force working, okay. you know? Like being interesting, but penetrating, binding us all together, stuff like that. Okay, you know? so listeners, take note of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one guy is going on and on about how great the Death Star is, and they're and the rebels are never going to like we're not in trouble at all. And Darth Vader is like, don't be so arrogant. Like, 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 let's calm down. We got to think about ourselves too. And then they start talking about the Force, and, and like, I definitely noticed that, like. The previous scene was Obi-Wan Kenobi introducing the Force. And then this scene, we see it in action. And this is definitely like a very like by the book narrative thing of like, you have to introduce the magic thing before you can show it because then no one's going to know what's happening. And so this officer is going off at Darth Vader, which like, I would, that's like, why would you ever like mouth off to Darth Vader? But okay. And Darth Vader goes like, he says something about like, lacking him lacking faith i find your lack of faith disturbing that's it and then he chokes him <laughs> he does we've also and that like that's another thing that uh, i think a lot of people have seen that i've seen you know um or at least like playing as kids or like this idea of like holding your fingers out and like choking someone with the force is something that's like spoofed in a lot of things you know um so he actually does it um, side note, there's a character in this scene who I don't, I don't know any of these people's names except for Darth Vader, but there's one guy whose face is so emaciated that it, he almost looks like Voldemort. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin. Okay. So that's the character that a lot of people, when I first announced this podcast, that's were like, I'm about. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who that is. So I can't, I, I don't know. I don't have any, Here's you know. the thing. Is Grand Moff Tarkin important? No. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he blows up at the end of the. Yes, he does. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. But he pays his rent. He pays his <laughs> rent. You know, like he delivers. I just like I just delivered. noticed definitely like in this scene how prominent his like skull is mm-hmm. <laughs> beneath his skin. You know. Interesting that you say that. No comment. Then we go back to Luke. And he and Obi-Wan and 3PO and R2 have found all the Jawas dead. They're like, why would sand people do this? And Obi-Wan says, this was not sand people. It was staged to look like sand people. And Obi-Wan diagnoses that it's the Empire that attacked them. And Luke is like, but why would they do that? And then there's like a shot over to C-3PO and R2-D2. And I think in a more modern movie... This would have been a shot where 3PO and R2 are doing something really dumb. <laughs> where, like you look over at them and they're like they're like hitting each other or something, mm-hmm. you know, like they're doing something silly. And then and then, you know, Luke has a moment of like, you mean they're after them? <laughs> Very that's similar. Such a, that's such Not- a weird staple in children's movies. That happens all the time. <laughs> have you seen Wish? 
No, I haven't, but I hear you're a big fan and people are mad that you're a fan. I swear to God. Okay, I never even <laughs> said that I liked the movie. I literally never gave a review you about You just it. like brought up a, a media critique, yeah. not even critique, you know, interpretation. It, yeah, and it's like th- this movie, th- that moment happens all the time where it's like, this this doesn't happen in the movie because I'm not going to spoil Wish. There'll be a time where it's like, you mean I got to make a wish? And then you turn to like the star or whatever, and it's like doing something silly. That yeah. happens like at least like three or four times. <laughs> it um it carries big like you mean to tell me the fate of Middle Earth rests in the hands of two hobbits on their way to Mordor, mm-hmm. like similar and you know. So Luke is immediately concerned now. He's made the connection that the stormtroopers, the Empire, after R2 and 3PO, and the Jawas sold them to his aunt and uncle. So he's like, I gotta go. And Obi-Wan is so not helpful here. He's kind of mean, actually, and very insensitive. And he's like, he's like, Luke, don't. It's dangerous. You can't do anything anyway. And like, of course, if you're if the only family you know is in danger, of course you're going to go after them and try and see and try and save them or, you know, check in on them. And Obi-Wan's like, no, Luke, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Did Obi-Wan know what was going to happen? I assume he already made the connection. I assume he was like, oh, yeah, they're dead. Sorry. And 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 Luke clearly needed to see it for himself first. So he runs off and goes home and everything is burnt to a crisp. And then I gasped. At this reveal. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god, I forgot about that. It's not funny. Okay, I. Do we need to pause for a Pause, pause that. Um, okay, okay, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So he rolls up, and I, I was expecting full on, like, uh, from all of the Spider-Mans where he, right. it's just their bot, their actual body and he cradles them in their dying <laughs> moments. Yeah. And, you know, skeletons. skeletons. Oh my God. Still smoking. Still smoking. And he, and the way that he looked unaffected. <laughs> because I thought, I thought this was going to be like a Spider-Man thing. And, and no, you, their skeletons are burned and melting. Yep. It's Star Wars, buddy. And they're they're <laughs> dead. They're dead. And Luke has almost no reaction. <laughs> yeah. He has such yeah. a minimal reaction that it's insane. It's I think this is one of the few black marks on this movie that it's Luke's pain on seeing the the people who effectively raised him 100% like from baby to now. Well, I guess it's time to get off this planet. Yeah. You know, like, I think- it was very much like this is the way the story is going for mm-hmm. the character to progress rather than like these things happening to this character, you know? He's pretty much fine. I, I mean, maybe he like just pushes it down and needs therapy for a long time. But hey, what are you going to do? Mm, yeah. And, and I was kind of warned ahead of time that Mark Hamill. Great actor now, mm-hmm. not so much in the Star Wars movies. <laughs> well, I think his be- uh, his best performance ever is in a more recent film that I will not say the name of, and I okay. want you to be surprised. Great. So he has minimal reaction. <laughs> 
Um, we go back to the Death Star and Darth Vader walks into Leia's like prison cell. And then he goes like, it's time to tell us where the rebel for the rebel camp is. And then this machine with a needle starts whirring uh, and then it gets closer to Leia and she looks <gasps> surprised and then like the door slams on her. And then that's the scene. Now Luke has gone back to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, you couldn't have done anything anyway. So uh, and I'm like, why don't you also have a little compassion, man? Like, you know that his father died. You know that this happened. Anyway, so very fast, immediate character development where two scenes ago, Luke was saying, I mean, yeah, of course I hate the Empire, but what can I do about it? And then now it's like, I'm ready to become a Jedi like my father. Like, it feels very contrived. Like Contrived? Yeah, it's very, it's, it was, I mean, like, it's following, I mean, to be fair, though, it's following a very, like, at this point in our lives, cliche hero's journey. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's cliche because we've seen it so many times. But obviously, when it was first created, this, you know, it was the first film like it. The hero's journey hadn't been done so many times by that point. So it probably felt really genuine for audiences when this first came out. Now it feels very much like, okay, like, it, it feels very formulaic. Yeah. No comment. I don't. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I think this moment does get revisited in later interpretations of like what Luke was going through, what Ben th- thought about taking Luke. So I don't want to spoil too much. I will just say I'm glad you. I'm glad you liked it. I guess. <laughs> I just. I, I can't say anymore. I'm so sorry. It's okay. And you don't have to say anymore because this is the end of the episode discussion. Yay! You made it without spoiling anything. So uh, I do, because I gave R2 such praise, I do want to shout out the actor that was inside the R2 costume, Kenny Baker. Very funny moment, by the way, during my first watch through, one of my friends goes, so Mary Clay, do you think there are real people in those? Or, and I was like, you mean the robots? I was like, obviously there are real people in that because the alternative is that they had the technology in the 1970s to make fully functional robots. <laughs> like, yeah. I assumed there were people inside of it, yes. Not even fun fact, just sad fact. Kenny Baker said that often the cast and crew, when they went for lunch, would forget that he was in the R2-D2 mm. outfit and would leave him behind. That's rough. Damn, yeah. Kenny. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We appreciate the. I think is. I think w- he died in 2016. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure. I mean, I. I mean, Carrie Fisher is is dead. Like a lot. I mean, not a peace. lot of people, but like like the people who were involved in this original trilogy are. I mean, George Lucas is 79. You know, like mm. they're all getting up there. So yeah, I wouldn't. Wouldn't be surprised to hear that some of the, that, you know, some of them passed by now. Rest in peace to a legend. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of this uh, discussion, there is just one question to ask ourselves. Um, Has this movie passed the Bechdel test yet? No. And that answer is no. (laughs) No, Absolutely not. Now, of course, this comes with the disclaimer that the Bechdel test is not 
end-all be-all test of if a movie is good or bad or if it's feminist or not feminist obviously leia is a badass like the first mo like one of the first times we see her she has a gun in her hand she is a princess but she's also an active member participant of her planet you know she's out there in the trenches doing the work for her, for her home. She's also the only Oh no. There was Aunt Baru. She dead though. She dead. So, so far our woman count is up to, it got up to 2 and now it's back down to 1. <laughs> Damn. Rest in peace to women <laughs> out there. <laughs> sorry. Sorry you had to take the L on this one. Oof. Justin, I don't I don't even know how to how to close this out with you do you have any like final (laughs) thoughts that you would like to share with the group i guess in my section is like i don't know i guess we just completed the first arc of the hero's journey you know yeah yeah really the the call to adventure i think there's like an initial rejection and then the hero is forced out of its shell or nest into the wider world and then the next podcast that you record with someone else is going to be explored exploring the bigger world you know and i think all the little things that in this section spawned entire universes like we talked about are like the heartbeat of the star wars universe i hope you Mm. take that with you of like when someone says like an offline of like we did this back in this day you know like that's that's so (laughs) juicy and you'll i'm so excited for you to experience that you know like oh my gosh that's uh i'm so i'm excited for you i'm so happy for you that you get to live this in like not like the rose colored glasses way, you know? Oh yeah. I don't think there are any rose colored glasses that are rosy enough to to put on watching this m- series for the first time in 2023, you know. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure I- I'm sure there are people who watch it now with rose colored glasses because it's always been in their life. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's no such thing as rose colored glasses when you're watching it with just you know you know for the first time in <laughs> adult eyes <laughs> and by the and by the time this episode comes out it'll be 2024 so <laughs> Whoa. yeah what really oh hello to crazy the future. are we still alive yet <laughs> oh man <laughs> i kind of hope not <laughs> let's Mary just Clay. let's just okay? have the death star blow up our planet and then we don't have to worry about anything else damn what a downer note <laughs> So why don't you lighten it up and tell the people where they can follow you on the internet? Um, you can um, find me throughout the galaxy, um, wherever toys are sold. On TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, and on Instagram, at Freddy's Roommate. And he's a wonderful account to follow, I think. So I, I think you should, you should all follow. You are way too nice to me, Mary Clay. You are way too nice to me. Man, I'm glad. I'm just so glad that we've, no, we've I'm connected. A I'm a fan of um, Mary Clay. You guys no, I'm a fan know. of you. Oh my gosh. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you can become a Jedi, you got to skywalk before you can run. Skywalk Before You Run is hosted and edited by me, Mary Clay Watt. The cover art and music is by Jason Hilton. Follow the podcast on Instagram and threads at Skywalk Before You Run. Follow me on TikTok and Twitch at MCWattsUp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWatt. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to become a supporter of this podcast, join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, and gain access to bonus material. This podcast is a proud member of the Deus Ex Media Network.